Okay, so we'll do a review. This is in volume 11, Chelik Yud Aleph, Lekutis Sichas, and this is the second Sicha. Okay, so it says like this In the beginning of the Parsha, so how does the Parsha begin? Eile Pekudei Hamishkon. So these are the uh, numbers, the counting, the subtotal. The, 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 pasuk, the pasuk goes on to tell you the total of all the, the various different gifts and how they use them. So these are the pikudi of the Mishkan. And then the pasuk says a second time, Mishkan Ha'edus. Which Mishkan? The resting of the Edus Zugaymer. That's what the pasuk says. So, Rashi the second, uh, the second Rashi and the Pasik, he brings down the words Hamishkon, Mishkon, two types. So why is the Torah say Hamishkon, Mishkon? So Rashi explains, and Rashi says Shnei Pa'amim. Why does he say two times Mishkon, Hamishkon, Mishkon Haedus? He could have said Hamishkon Haedus, or just Hamishkon. Here's a Hamishkon, Mishkon Haedus. Why does he say two times? Says Rashi, Remez Limigdo Shenismashkin Bishnei Churbonim Alavinisayim Shal Yisrael. This is a hint for the Migdosh. Now, here we're talking about the Mishkan. The Mishkan was in the desert while they were traveling. But eventually, they built the permanent structure, which is called the Beis Migdosh, the Migdosh. And what happens with the Migdosh? The Migdosh was Nismashkin. What means it was Nismashkin? Nismashkin means it was taken as a collateral. You know what a collateral is? A collateral is when you owe someone money. Let's say you uh, want to uh, borrow money from someone. The guy says, I'm going to borrow the money. You have to give me a collateral. You have to give me a mashkin. What is a mashkin? something of value. So if you don't pay me, then I get to keep your mashkin. Then the mashkin will be my source of collection. So the mishkan, the Beis HaMikdosh, was sort of a mashkin. He translates the words mishkan. From the Loshan mashkin, from Loshan collateral, the Eibishter took the mishkan away from the Bnei Yisrael as a collateral, as a mashkin. When did Hashem do it? Mishnei Churbonim, during the two Churbans. The Beis HaMikdash was destroyed twice. Once the first Beis HaMikdash, and then again the second Beis HaMikdash. So our Pasik that says two times mashkin, mashkin, mishkin, mishkin is a hint for the two Beis HaMikdash that were mashkin in the two destructions. Why were they done? because of the sins of the Jewish people. A mashkin is something that you take away temporarily from the person, but you give it back to them eventually. So the Yidin will get back their collateral. This is what's taken a collateral. They will get back the Beis HaMikdash. So this whole Rashi needs to be understood, uh, the whole Rashi here. So let's go. So Rebbe asks like this. Number one, the Rebbe asks... Let it be true that this is something which is a reasonable hint. 
um, for the two Beis Hamikdash. Why would our parsha be talking about the two Beis Hamikdash? How? Why are we talking about all of a sudden about the Beis Hamikdash over here? Because because our parsha really talks about the. Um, conclusion and the subtotal of the entire Mishkan. Rashi said, the first Rashi, Rashi brings down that in this parsha they counted all the coins, all the uh, shekels that they gave, the gold, the silver, the silver, the gold, the copper, and all the vessels that you serve. So it's a subtotal. So when we're talking about already the total Mishkan, so we want to already talk also about, give a hint about the rest of the Beis Hamikdash. This was not the only Mishkan, there was other, the two Beis Hamikdash. However, so we understand why we want to talk about the other Beis Hamikdash, but why do we want to talk about the destruction of the other Beis Hamikdash? Why would the Torah want to talk over here uh, about uh, the part, the the the, the 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 destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. Why shouldn't we talk about a hint about the Beis Hamikdash that it was built, not the, the destruction? So, a little bit difficult to understand. Why would the Torah over here in this part talk about the destructions of the two Beis Hamikdash? The question is the heading in Rashi is Mishkan Mishkan, Ha Mishkan Mishkan. That's the heading in Rashi, right? So. That is something that you can understand that Rashi's problem is, why is he saying Tutan Mishkan? So why does Rashi have to specify Shnei Pa'omim? Two times, and Rashi is explaining. Why does Rashi say two times? It says Mishkan Mishkan, we know it's two times. Rashi should have just started to, with the words and say, instead of Shnei Pa'omim, he should have come up with the answer. Remez Lemigdash, most of the time, Rashi doesn't say what's bothering him. Rashi gives the answer. Now they have a book which is called What's Bothering Rashi? Because Rashi doesn't usually tell you what is bothering him. Rashi gives you the answer. You have to figure out what's bothering Rashi, right? I skipped the second question that the Rebbe asks. Um, this is the third question. The second question the Rebbe asks, that would follow up to the first question that the Rebbe asked, that um, the word Mishkan is, is translated as Mashkan, as a collateral, right? But what is the normal meaning of the word Mishkan? Resting place, where Hashem rests, right? So why does Rashi have to talk about the destruction and say the word of the Mashkin like a collateral? Rashi could have just said two times Mishkan because two times Vishakhanti because we're talking about the both Beis Amigdash. Why have to say the negative about the destruction when we can talk about the presence of the Shekhinah? It's a follow-up to the question one. Look at the language of Rashi. Rashi starts with a plural language. Rashi says, Remez le Migdosh. Migdosh is a singular Lashon, right? It's a hint for the Migdosh that was collateralized, Shenis Mashkin, right? But then Rashi says, Bishnei Churbonim. So Rashi seems to talk about the same Mashkin, but it went through two destructions. But since it's two Beis Amigdosh, 
So Rashi maybe should have used the lotion instead of remez lemigdosh. He should say remez lemigdosh shois. Shenismashkinu, not shenismashkin, in a plural. That would fit with what Rashi is trying to say two times. So two separate uh, mashkins. Why does Rashi use the long singular lashon? Rashi adds, why were the Khurban there for the sins of the Jewish people? Who, who, why do we need to know why there was this mashkin? We already have the answer. Remez le shnei, remez le meim, shnei pa'amim, remez le migdash and ismashkin be shnei churbanim. Fine, that's why it's mashkin, mashkin. Why is it important for us to tell us why it was this mashkin because of the sin of the Eden? How does that, what does that help us? Number six. There were more. Beis HaMikdosh. There was also a Mishkan Shiloi. Mishkan Shiloi was also destroyed. So, Rashi actually brought down before when it says that um, Binyamin cried on the necks of Yosef, and Yosef cried on the neck of Binyamin. There's lots of plural there, so it says he was crying for the two Beis Hamikdash that were in the portion of Binyamin because the section of the Beis Hamikdash was in the Binyamin's portion. And Rashi says two over the two Beis Hamikdash. But also he cried on Yosef because of the Mishkan Shilu that was destroyed. So, in our Pasik we know that there's two Mishkans over here. But how does, uh, how does Rashi know that the Mishkan, Mishkan is talking about the two Beis Amikdosh? Maybe one of them is talking about the Mishkan Shilu. Because otherwise we don't understand why we don't talk Mishkan Shilui. Maybe it means Mishkan Shilui and the first Beis Amikdosh. Maybe we're not even talking about the second Beis Amikdosh at all. Why? Because to begin with, the second Beis Amikdosh we know, as we'll see later on, was lacking some, some of the special... Uh, miracles and garments and uh, parts were lacking in the second Beis Hamikdash, so it wasn't really a full Beis Hamikdash. The second Beis Hamikdash, in a certain sense, so maybe the two Beis Hamikdash is one talk about the Mishkan Shiloi, which was in the portion of Yosef, and the other one is the Beis Hamikdash tradition. How does Rashi know it's talking about the two Beis Hamikdash? If it's talking about the two Beis Hamikdash. Then we wonder, why doesn't it say a third time? Because we had the Mishkan Shiloh, we ignored that. But if we should be talking about the Mishkan Shiloh and the first Beis Amikdosh, then it would make sense why we're not talking about the Beis Amikdosh Shlishi, uh, Sheni, because it wasn't really a full Beis Amikdosh, so maybe that's what we're just talking about, Shiloh and, and the first Beis Amikdosh. So why does Rashi say the two Beis Amikdosh? Seventh question that the Rebbe asks here, I said before the final question, another question. Rashi already mentioned earlier in a couple of places that the second Beis Hamikdash was not exactly like the first Beis Hamikdash. Like when Rashi is talking about, like the Choshen, the uh, the breastplate that the uh, Kohen Gadol was wearing, 
Rashi says that in the second base Amigdash it didn't have that name of the Ebrister that was in the folds of the Choshen that didn't that wasn't in the second base Amigdash. Uh, the same thing is Rashi in the Posik in Yafta Lakim Liyefes. Rashi says that even though it was built by Kodesh, but the divine did not rest in the second base of Migdosh. To the extent that it was in the first base of Migdosh. But basically, what does that mean? That means that the second base of Migdosh did not really serve fully like the first base of Migdosh. It wasn't at the same level as the first base of Migdosh, the second base of Migdosh. So the question is, how could Rashi equate this to a mashkin? A mashkin, when you give back somebody a mashkin, a collateral, then you got to give him back as it is. So if you gave somebody a watch as a mashkin, he can't give you back later on a toaster. Instead, he has to give you back the watch. has to give you back the same exact thing what he gave you. But if we're saying that the Ebrister by the first churban took a mashkin, the Beis Amikdosh, how could Ebrister not give back the fully? As we said before, Ebrister didn't give him back everything. So it seems it's not, it's not really the level of a mashkin. A mashkin has to be given back fully. <laughs> explanation, what is the explanation? The beer What's the explanation? So what is the main purpose of the Beis Amikdosh? The Beis Amikdosh is that it's a house for Hashem, for the Divine. And the Beis Amikdash was situated in the place where he says, when Yaakov Avinu was going there, he says, This stone that I placed as a monument, This is the gate of the heaven. Uh, the other Pasik says, so you see, this is the gate of the heaven. So the base, the, the, the Mikdash is Makuvan Kenever Mikdash So basically, the sky and the uh, level, the situation where the base Amikdash is placed is under the base Amikdash Or when we say, Mokoim. A place where Hashem wants to sit. It's And that's what we say over there. Live noise as base Hashem. This is the Abish's house. Why? Because that place in Yerushalayim, in that spot, that is where the base Hashem is. It's called the base Elamim, the eternal house. Uh, this was equal in the both base Amigdosh. Both base Amigdosh were situated and they were placed exactly at the same spot. They both were there at the same spot. When we talk about the Mishkan or you talk about the Mishkan Shiloi, they were not positioned directly opposite the Beis Amigdash of above and they're either called an oil a tent, the oil moyed it's a temporary dwelling for the Shekhinah it's not a permanent place for the Shekhinah the permanent place of the Shekhinah is in Yerushalayim in the Beis Amigdash and this is something which even a child can understand the changes that we're talking about 
that Rashi mentioned between the first and the second base Amigdosh, they don't change the main function of the base Amigdosh, which is a permanent residence for the one who lives in them. When you talk about an oil, a tent, even if you have a tent that has many different details where you have in a house, it's not a house. It's, in essence, it's main, that's a tent and that's a house. That's a temporary place and that's a permanent place. So while there may be differences in the permanent place, what exactly, how many rooms and what the place is over there, exactly, but it's still the same. So the fact that the two base amygdala are not similar in many details, but in their main function, that they're a home for the divine. So the second base amygdala is a return of the mashkin of the first one. But the mishkan that was a tent, you can't say that it was collateralized, that it was a mashkin, and it was given back in a base amigdosh. They're not the same thing. Can't take a, a tent away, or you can't take away shiloi, and give him back a base amigdosh. It's not the same thing. So therefore, we cannot call that a mashkin. Adds the fact that the Torah uses the exact same lotion. Mishkan, Mishkan, that is an indication that we're talking about the same thing. Two words. Mishkan, Mishkan, they're the same words, right? So we're talking about Bais, Bais. We're talking about Beis Amigdash, Beis Amigdash. We're not talking about Oihel and Beis Amigdash. That wouldn't be the same. That wouldn't be the same word. Be a total different thing. And Rashi is therefore emphasizing by saying, Hamishka Mishka Shnei So Rashi is emphasizing that it's not just a hint because there is like extra words in the Pasik. So if there's just extra words, then it doesn't have to be that they should be the same. But we're learning it out because it says Mishkon two times. Two times, it says the same word two times from Loshem Ashkin. So, therefore, the same idea said twice. This teaches us the hint for the Migdash, which is the Migdash Rishon and the Migdash Sheni. It's one Beis Migdash, but it has been taken as a collateral in the two destructions. But it's the same Beis Migdash. But certainly we wouldn't be talking about the Mishkan Shila and the Beis Hamikdash are two separate things. And yet Rashi writes, Remez Lemikdash, not Beis Hamikdash. So, Rashi doesn't, the Rebbe explained, Rashi doesn't want to use the word Beis HaMikdosh, even though these are the two ones, because still, here we're talking about the word Mishkon. Uh, so Mishkon and Mikdosh are used together, but not Beis HaMikdosh. So therefore, Rashi uses the lotion, Remez LeMikdosh and Ismaskin Mishnei Mikdosh. Now, based on the above, that we're trying to give you the idea of a mashkin, 
that this is the mashkin. So it's not, a, you can't say from Shiloi to there, but if you can say from the first base of Middush to the second base of Middush, we'll understand what was the Rebbe's first original question was, why are we talking about Churman? Why are we not talking about the base of Middush itself? Because on the contrary, since we're calling it a mashkin, a collateral, that emphasizes and that gives us the insight that this thing that Hashem has given us, the Beis Hamikdash, is always in existence, completely in existence, even when it passes from one domain to the other domain. In other words, what what we're saying is like this: the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash was not in such a way that Hashem sort of took away that there's no more Beis HaMikdosh, God forbid. No. Hashem took the Beis HaMikdosh as a mashkin, as a collateral. And then He gave it back, and also He's going to give it back to us in the future. This gives us, the fact that we're saying it's a mashkin, we're not talking about, this is on the contrary, because if Rashi would have just said, uh, the Beis HaMikdosh, a hint for the Beis HaMikdosh, uh, one would argue, oh, we don't have the Beis HaMikdosh today. What are we supposed to do when we don't have the Beis HaMikdosh today? So Rashi says, it's always there. It's a collateral. It's a mashkin. And that's why Rashi also says, it's given back the same thing. It didn't do something else. And he's going to give it back to us also. And that's why Rashi says, same shall Yisrael, the sins of Israel, because that's how he explains that it's not really taken away, but it's only a mashkin. Because if the reason why the Mikdash was destroyed was the uh, was because of, let's say, that it's the end of the time of its existence, Let's say the Abishta wanted it to be for a certain time, and it's gone now, the time. So what does it mean? Then it would mean that now it's gone. But since the reason why we don't have the Beis HaMikdosh is because the Jewish people have sinned. So that means that the conduct of the Bnei Yisrael is what caused it. So that can only impact the connection of the Beis HaMikdosh to the Bnei Yisrael. But the Mishkan is still there. The Beis Hamikdash is still there because it's there. The reason Rashi gives a reason to the sins of Israel to explain. The Rebbe explained before why we don't say Mishkan. Mishkan means the Mishkan Shiloi, right? Because what did the Rebbe say? Because it has to be the same word, it has to be the same concept, it has to be the bias, it has to be a permanent. It has to be the same thing, but Mishkan Shiloh was different. But the question is, how come? How come the Pasik Taket doesn't talk about it? Okay, Mishkan, Mishkan, we understand. It has to be talking about the two Beis Amigdash. But why didn't the Torah talk about the Mishkan Shiloh? How come the Torah doesn't tell us something else? I'll use another word for Mishkan Shiloh. So Rashi says, Allah in the same shall Yisrael that the Torah is hinting over here the 
Mikdash that was taken away from them because of the sins of Israel, meaning the Jewish people in general, as opposed to the Mishkan Shiloi, the reason for that destruction was the specific sins of Chofni and Pinchas, the sons of Eli, as explained in the Navi over there, articulated in the Navi, so that wasn't the Bnei Yisrael, so therefore there's no point in talking about the uh, Mishkan over there, we're talking about which is connected to Klal Yisrael. And another point the Rebbe makes in Izvov to the fact that Hashem, the Semte says it, that it's the sin of Israel is to show how the Besamikdosh is in existence, full force from the perspective of Hashem. And that means that Hashem's desire and wishes that the Mikdosh should be amongst the Bnei Yisrael. So although that the sins of the Bnei Yisrael caused the destruction of the Beis HaMikdosh, and there is many years before the Churm, there was already the sins of the Bnei Yisrael. They had the many, many sins. Same, same thing is in the Bnei Yisheni. And yet, HaKadosh Baruch Hu waited a long time. The Beis HaMikdosh did not, was not destroyed until many years later. And the Eibishter prolonged the existence of the Beis HaMikdosh for many years so that the Jewish people, the Bnei Yisrael, should do Teshuvah from their sins. And the Beis HaMikdosh will remain in its existence. So that means that it was the sins of Yidin, but it lasted and lasted, but it couldn't last forever. So Rashi says, it was of an same Shal Yisrael, and yet it lasted for a long time. And this is following what we explained before. The Torah wants to hint over here about the future Beisam Migdash that are going to be by the Bnei Yisrael. The Torah is talking about the Mishkan over here. But the Torah wants to give you over here a hint on the future Beisam Migdash. So therefore the Torah hints all of the details which express the force of the existence of the Beis HaMikdosh, that even at the time of the destruction, it's only a mashkin. A. Number two, even that it's not because of the Beis HaMikdosh that it's destroyed, but it's because of the sins of Israel. And not only that, it's in such a way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want to destroy it. Basically telling you all the great things about the Beis HaMikdosh. So what is this lesson for us in the service of Hashem? We need to emulate Hashem. There's an expression that says, A servant should be like his master. Just like Hashem held back, did not destroy the Mikdosh for a long time. Even though the reason for the destruction came, the sins of the Yidin were much before, that was for many long time, and yet Hashem held out and did not destroy the Beis HaMikdosh. And when Hashem prolonged the existence of the Beis HaMikdosh, He gave them additional koyach, He gave them additional opportunity to do teshuva. Likewise, it's the obligation of each and every one of us to conduct ourselves with another person in the same way. Not to hold back, God forbid, to support 
and to help them in matters of Torah mitzvahs, to help them in making and sustaining the Mishkan, the Shachanti B'Soychom, that the Shekhinah should rest amongst every, every Jewish person. Even if the guy, the person doesn't conduct himself properly. And on the contrary, we are not allowed to free ourselves from this, since we have a mitzvah, so say, we must rebuke, we must support, we must love him, so we must do this. The Ebishter tries to make a Mishkan, looks away from all the sins and everything else, as long to try to keep the Beis HaMikdash. A person needs to do the same thing. In addition to that, when we're talking about influencing somebody, your friend, in matters of Torah Mitzvahs, there's an additional proof, so to speak, of Yochum from the way Hashem did. One should not consider the fact that the spiritual standing of his friend is not proper. In the Parshish Kisisa, it's explained um, that Hashem gave to Moshe when he finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai the two luchas. On Har Sinai, he gave him the two luchas eidus. That means that when the Ebishter finished to speak the laws in Mishpatim, Ebishter gave him immediately the luchas. That means that on the 40th day after he went up to the Har Sinai, Hashem concluded teaching Moshe, and at that moment, he gave him the luchas to give it to the Bnei Yisrael. We also read over there that the Bnei Yisrael made the ego on the 39th day, and Moshe went up to Har Sinai. So it turns out that even after they made the eagle, Hashem was still teaching Moshe Torah. On the 40th day, he was teaching Torah so that he would teach it later on to the Bnei Yisrael. And he also gave him then the Luchas, so he should give it to the Bnei Yisrael, even though they made the eagle then. So if the Abish there is giving Torah, even to Yidin that are making an eagle, Hashem is still teaching Moshe Rabbeinu, and Hashem is giving him the luchas to give it to the Yidin. So how much more so that a person should conduct himself, not to withhold from influencing your friend in matters to the mitzvahs without paying attention on the spiritual standing that is not proper. On the contrary, this way you will influence an improvement and an elevation in the spirituality of your friend and also by yourself. Because, as we have the promise, if you help somebody else, Hashem helps you too. So the eyes of both of you will be enlightened, as the Pasuk in Mishlech of says. And through all this will merit the making of the Mikdash between, amongst each and every one of the Jewish people, and will build the Beis HaMikdash in its place through Mashiach Tzidkenu B'mehedevi Yameinu. Amen. And this is from the Sikha Shabbos Pashas Vayakil Pekudei Tavshin Lamed Beis.